folks. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Amers. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Creative Language Learning Podcast with your host, Kirsten Amers from fluentlanguage.co.uk. And today I've got a very special interview for you. I'll just give you a really quick rundown of what we will talk about and who I'm talking to. And then we'll go straight into it because this one is packed. And it's also nearly an hour long. <laughs> so, you know, get yourself a nice cup of tea or a nice margarita, whatever your jam is. Um, get comfortable and have a listen to my guest, Jade Joddle. Jade is a speaking skills coach um, and also an English language coach. And she works specifically on helping introverted people and today Jade and I will talk about extroversion and introversion how those two personality traits can really influence your language learning experience um, we'll talk about how Jade found teaching in a language school um, and how specific students might find teach might find learning in a language school as well. Um, how these group classes can feel to an extrovert and can feel to an introvert. How that's different, um, and what perhaps a different way of language learning can do for you as a learner. So, for example, different ways of language learning could be to take a class in a very busy language school, to take a smaller class locally, to take one-to-one -one lessons or to go about it in self-directed learning and that's when you buy perhaps a language learning set you do your duolingo and you do different things that don't bring you in contact with other people so much and these different learning methods can work differently for different personalities that's what jade and i will talk about today i found her really really interesting to talk to uh, i would love to hear your feedback um, and i'll give you some contact details at the end of the interview so hope you enjoy and we'll start by asking jade how did you get into language teaching well i don't really know how it happened in a way but um i i i yes okay i started out as a english teacher doing the uh, celta course and things like that and um i just didn't like it didn't like it um I just felt so drained from doing that job. Mm -hmm. And only later did I come to understand the reason why. And it's related to what we're talking about today. It is, isn't it? So yeah. to, to summarize that job, that is basically the classic English teaching where you are in a classroom with a big bunch of people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And always, always the classroom was small and people were all squashed together. And it was always stuffy and, and yeah, just the whole, is the right word to say hubbub of things happening and very mm -hmm. busy and a lot, um, bells ringing many times and people rushing around and all this and sort of having to be queuing to use photocopiers and things like that. And I just found it immensely draining. Mm -hmm. so I started up that's how I started off and that wasn't um wasn't that wasn't really something I planned to do and from experiencing it doing it in just normal language schools I would say like and teaching in the normal TEFL way the whole time I had this feeling of resistance this is not me 
what why am i here and also using all the textbooks this is so boring why am i here mm. and so um, you felt like there's a better way of doing this i just knew very clearly it wasn't what i wanted to do at all but mm. um i was i hadn't i hadn't figured out a, a better way at that time so mm. that's what i was doing and i would say what i do now is just a million miles away from what I did then. Mm -hmm. I How do you work now? So you're not in a busy classroom anymore. What is your no, environment now? No, I just now? do... I just work from home and I do one-to-one -one appointments and I do a couple of really... I do a couple of pair groups. But I... Mm -hmm. work, I work from home. It's my own schedule you know I can work when I want I take breaks when I want and um I just yeah I just do one-to-one -one and that that works for me mm -hmm. I, going back to the groups I, f I find it really interesting that you said you found it really draining yes um, yes which is that it's very very interesting because there's a there's something in there that which is what we want to get to today uh is that there are two personality traits or preferences on a spectrum um, which a lot of people find themselves on one side or another of this spectrum if I'm summarizing this reasonably yes. right and there's introversion and extroversion because if I think from my personality about group lessons I get really excited mm -hmm. <laughs> I really mm -hmm. I really enjoy having other people around me who are learning I enjoy chatting I don't mind interrupting um, or being interrupted um, and having a lot of people around me is is the opposite of draining so what is mm. that related to how come those things are different um well first of all I'd say that a friend of mine once said to me that I am the most introverted person he knows mm. so you can imagine that I'm quite if this is a true uh observation of what I'm like I imagine I'm quite far along the spectrum then I've been so, told the opposite, that I'm the most extroverted person people yeah. know. But I think this is also, us having a talk here is challenging people's expectations because they always think introvert is shy, mm -hmm. and I'm not shy. It's all related to my energy. And I can, I this is what I think happens. I am just acutely sensitive to many things like noise, people in bad moods even, like just the way they feel. And so to be around them and lots of them is what takes my energy. And I don't really know how the process happens. I'm only explaining it on a experiential level of how it feels. And um, a, a couple of hours doing that kind of um, teaching just leaves me with with no energy for myself after and I felt that was too much for a job mm -hmm. did you so. find did you find when you were teaching and finding that your introverted personality isn't 100% suited to classroom teaching did you see your students react in a similar way did you spot students who would come out of the class energized or come out of the class very tired Hmm. Well, I think the the teacher's role is more as a facilitator, you know, 
And I would describe it that I always, let me describe it this way. I was giving more energy to that job than that job was worth to me. Like, I wish I could have just sat there and said like, oh, go to page 22, speak to your partner. I wish I could just give the instructions, you know, or whatever Mm, in the, that sort of style. But I was giving more, I would say. I was, maybe that's another, well, I don't think that's a quality of all introverts, but I'm quite conscientious. So, um, yes. And that's, I do remember a few things like, you know, in a class of 15 or 20 people, I think it's quite fair to say that as a teacher, not all of them are going to like you or your style and sometimes doing this kind of teaching in schools I found that you get you get quite young people you get quite immature people and something that was always inexplicable to me was that sometimes you just get one who decides they hate you Mm. and (laughs) now I know I shouldn't ever take that personally but it's like I would say that as an introvert I could feel their hate it was kind of like making me feel dirty and horrible oh gosh yeah so that that could be maybe just not dealing with the ones that don't like you that much very well Mm -hmm. and you don't really get to choose who's in your classroom when you're doing that kind of job Mm -hmm. so (laughs) oh gosh that's you tell an introvert talk now that's (laughs) that's too much pressure sometimes that's really funny because that reminds me of reactions that i have had in britain (laughs) well what when you're teaching when i'm teaching they don't want to talk yeah that's some people straight out go for it and some people are very shy and a thing that i have learned with my students who i would identify as more introverted is that the introverted personality trait is related to think before you speak. And these are the people who don't want to open their mouths and say something that's wrong. They want to get it right. Yeah. Um, I think conscientiousness comes in here, mm-hmm. that, that there's a, a right way of doing things, don't look stupid, things like that. But uh, I think there is a... There are some people who are shy and introverted and they could almost be really evasive and quite like I was an inexperienced teacher then. But then sometimes they would that's always when they say, can I go to the toilet? Mm -hmm. You know, they are clearly just trying to get out of speaking. Mm -hmm. And you go like, okay, because for them being put under pressure to talk now is just much too hard. So I think there's that aspect as well. Is shyness involved? Because you mm-hmm. can be introverted and not shy, uh, like how I would describe myself. But then then what that feels like is different. So you you could be the teacher and you could tell me to talk now. And I would need to be prepared because I probably couldn't remember what to say. Mm-hmm. I think this is another thing with introverts that... Are, um, I think, all of us. Our brains just work a little bit slower when it comes to finding phrases or 
reaching for words and things like that. So you can give the command, okay, talk now. But it just might take us a bit longer. Oh, so it, it looks like we we think before we speak. But from my own experience, the words just don't even come for ages. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very interesting. So what are what are the advantages or disadvantages that an introvert would have in language learning? Okay, so disadvantages. I think most people learn languages really to communicate and to speak or the idea why do you want to learn language because i want to be able to speak to people that's right but that is um really hard for you to achieve as an introvert within the same kind of time frames doing traditional learning because you might be good at other skills writing mm -hmm. Your grammar might be relatively good. Uh, what else might you be good at? Uh, understanding could be excellent. Mm. So the listening skill. Yeah, really understanding. Mm. Uh, but words might not really come. Mm. Might seem, you could take two people and it would seem like the introvert is a much lower level because their speaking skills are typically lower than the other skills. Mm -hmm. So do you specifically work with introverts now in your job to combat that or to go about it and give them a few tricks? Yeah, I've, I've developed exercises, I would say, to push against that introverted tendency because clearly introverts can learn to speak. And this is another factor as well. Introverts are really precise people. Mm -hmm. They want to communicate a thought, an emotion, and a feeling in exact terms. So they're kind of fussy with how they say it. And you can imagine that if you don't have a big vocabulary, plus you've got this conscientious, self-critical tendency... You're, you're, you've established quite heavy demands mm. on yourself. You almost stand in your own way a little bit before yeah. speaking. Mm. Yeah. So I'm always, I'm always encouraging people to keep it simple. Yes. Not to be looking for perfection. Try to chill out really about mistakes. Yes. Perfectionism. Definitely. I observe that in my students in a, in a similar way, um, especially keeping it simple, I think is a great tip to give somebody who wants to start speaking more and who's worried about making mistakes is think about what you're trying to say. Think about, is there an easier way of saying that? Is there a simpler way of saying that? Mm. Um, and then, you know, mm. tr try and simplify your message. Because I would say that's what extrovert language learners do. They... They, from the beginning, they keep it simple, not trying to master all the all the tenses at once. Mm. Um, and supposedly, they're not using such a wide active vocabulary as well. They're using fewer words, but they're making those words work for them. So you could say they're more elastic and more fluid, really, with the way they 
speak mm-hmm. rather than looking for this precise word and um, sometimes giving up or not saying things. Mm-hmm. So when you are learning a language and or, or you are as an introvert in an environment where people speak a language and you have to express something in a foreign language, are you the kind of person that just goes for it? Uh, no, I have <laughs> so much experience. I have so much. Okay, this is the thing. I can teach you what to do. Doesn't mean I do it myself because I am so introverted. I'll tell you what happens with me. So I've had loads of experience of living in other countries. I've lived in Amsterdam. I've lived in Dubai. And I've had lots of holidays as well with people from other countries. So I've been in an Italian speaking background for a long time same with uh, French same with Portuguese many holidays like this where I'm the only English speaker and this is what happens I'm just listening and not being active at, at all And so I used to think I am rubbish at languages. I used to think I'm so rubbish. But I don't think that's true because I actually realized that I understand quite a lot mm-hmm. in quite a few different languages. Mm-hmm. I just don't speak. Oh, wow. And sometimes when I speak in a different language, people say, oh, your pronunciation is excellent. And I'm like, really? But... <laughs> <laughs> I the the speaking part never never really comes because I'm not that um not that compelled to speak I would say mm. I can easily just be quiet I was in just those thinking, situations do you get a desire to speak because that's certainly Some... something I experience when I'm in an environment and I say I'm around like I'm learning Russian at the moment and then whenever I hear Russian or something I have this massive desire to at least say my five words of Russian, no matter if they're right, no matter whatever, because I find it so joyful to just speak out. But no. what you're describing, it's, no. there's no desire there. No, there's I not really any desire. I can sit there. I'm never be thinking, oh, they're talking about me. I I would say that I pretty much always know what people are talking about. Even though I don't, and I can understand even um, Urdu quite well. Even though I can't speak, I kind of know what people are talking about and what's going on. And that seems to be enough for me. Do you find as an introvert, language and the communication in language inherently fascinating? Sort of what, what interests you about language? I'm I'm interested in over I mean a lot of my videos are about being an introvert. I'm interest I'm interested in pushing against those kind of personality tendencies which can be a weakness. And I'm not saying I push myself to become extroverted, that's not what I mean. I just mean I I'm interested to to overcome the negative aspects of 
um, my personality and my speaking speaking skills issues in in general. I wouldn't be doing this job, I would say, which so much in my work tends to be about confidence and how people feel mm-hmm. rather than what they know. Uh, I wouldn't be doing this job if I didn't really deeply understand what it feels like. And I feel like a lot of people have blocks in everyone no I say everyone has blocks in relation to speaking and expressing themselves and this is what I like to help people with mm-hmm. and this is what I like to explore really just to develop myself but also to share what I've learned with other people so uh, can you they can change what are some of those blocks then that pe- that stop people from speaking with confidence I think I think it all all relates to childhood. I think it all relates to that role that you had in your family. So, for example, just to give you an example, uh, one of my personal examples, when I was growing up, I had a nickname, and my nickname was Wednesday, and this was a character from the Adams family, and everyone thought it was really funny. Um but this character in the Adams family is like a really moody child who never speaks and um like never happy basically mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah it's, it's a it's a funny it's a funny nickname everyone thought it was funny but i th- it it um it had a legacy mm mm-hmm. I had to overcome thinking of myself as someone who was not fun, you know, kind of outsider and having huge communication blocks, I would say, from things like this that innocently happen in your family, playing a role. Or it could be the other way. You're the you're the fun one, but you're not serious, you know. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. And... When you grow up, if if you're still affected by that, I think it's really important to work through it, so that you can so that you can make the most of your life. Mm. So, can you describe what you do with your? Do you call them students or your clients? So, the people that you're helping, can you describe how you work together with the people that you're helping to gain more confidence in how they speak? Okay, so. It depends how depends how open they are to mm-hmm. trying things. So if somebody wants to stay focused on English skills, then I do a lot of observation and I see my role as sort of analyzing them, telling them what they observing them, telling them what they need to do. So I'm like a, I'm like a shortcut. I tell them what's wrong. And I tell them what they need to do. So, because a lot of people who uh, want to learn with me, they're 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 teaching themselves. Mm-hmm. So, I can also give them a learning program and a learning structure. So, I don't actually don't actually really teach that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes, I just observe, tell them. I save them time, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're the ones who want to focus on English skills but I get I attract a lot of people who who say they they contact me and say they want to improve their English but the real reason 
is often confidence blocks like they have a, they might be working in uh working in England already uh uh-huh, yeah oh that's they, interesting but they somehow feel like a fraud at work or they feel very vulnerable because mm-hmm. they don't think their english is good enough mm-hmm. so i do a lot of work with them and give them different exercises to do to to break that because that's all all those kind of attitudes are actually based on beliefs that you have about yourself yes. your own vulnerabilities that come out and I can just give you a story of that having those kind of beliefs really limits you I'll just give you I'll just uh tell you about two different people so you can see so you get some people who are not going to stop themselves from achieving so I know of someone um we used to work together he works in pharmaceuticals and he applied for a international marketing role in in pharmaceuticals and that job would be working in English. Now, at that time, I would say he was low intermediate. And he went to this job interview, which was in English, and he got the job. He could speak English, but he could understand almost nothing. <laughs> and this is a this is a real this is a, a highly extroverted thing as well. Uh huh. Um, very good at speaking, but not listening. So he somehow fooled them. I don't know what them. you mean. <laughs> <laughs> he somehow fooled them, you could say. In, they thought, oh, this guy can speak English. He can speak English. But with lots of mistakes and at that time anyway. He could speak English just about. He got away with it through confidence. And he speaks very quickly. So it's actually quite hard to to spot the mistakes in it but anyway he was he was low intermediate he got the job and he had to learn really fast because suddenly he was out of his depth okay but I think I think good luck to him he could do the job English he he can catch up with that but you get many many people who always see themselves and their jobs I'm not good enough to be doing this because I'm I'm not a native speaker I'm not good enough I shouldn't be doing this job and it's a way that they can sort of beat themselves up and they whenever they they might say things to me like oh when my English is better I'll apply for the job they always and these people always have good enough English to be doing their jobs, I can say objectively, but they always feel as if they're frauds, they're not good enough, they're about to lose their job, no one is ever going to employ them. And I think that's really sad because it's not really about English. English becomes the the reason they attach. Yes, yeah. But it's not about English. Mm, and, and thinking the other way 
from mm-hmm. the English native speaker who's learning a foreign language, say people have learned with me in, in German or French, mm. it, is, it is a similar picture that I'm seeing in that my students who I would identify as more introverted, so they might not, mm. you know, they might not speak as much, they might not try as much, um, tend to have slightly lower confidence, whereas the extroverts will just go for it, try things out, and I think they would be more confident going to German just trying to speak. And I find that working with the one-to-one tutor is great in that sense because you get to know a person and you, you trust the person that's looking after you as a one-to-one tutor. And I found that building up this relationship and helping students um, to know that I am, I'm sort of there and they know they can make a mistake in front of me, mm. um, it takes a few more lessons to get there. But over over time, this building this relationship really helps because it's like a, a trial person. Do you find the same thing? It's a Skype lesson thing in general, but I think, I think that reassures people that they can regularly speak to the same person. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. But it, um, I, I do either 45 minutes with people or an hour and I I actually think the optimum time is 45 minutes I think an hour is a bit much um, an hour with a really introverted person who you don't know well can be a bit difficult as the as a teacher you know because even as an introvert, it can be draining to uh, talk one one to one with another introvert for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, do you find that one of the ways that an introvert can really benefit from studying with you or taking uh, taking a similar route of working with a one to one environment is that you can then put them in the environment where you're challenging them and you're forcing them to talk. I don't think forcing is ever good. Actually, with an introvert, when you get forced to do something, it's like the worst feeling. You sort of run the other way. So I don't force them. If if something isn't working, I just change it. Say, okay, we'll do that later. We'll do something else. But you get some some people. It's like they it's like they bring their bad day to the appointment sometimes. Mm. And everything you suggest is they're feeling a bit resistant to doing. And what I'm always trying to do is give them the kind of appointments that they asked for. And usually they say, I want to be a better speaker. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying everything I can to get them over their speaking blocks. But some days they just don't feel like doing it. Mm. (laughs) Some days they don't feel like talking, so... This is really interesting, and I think that's one thing where language learners in general um, really have to catch themselves out, is that you often say as a language learner, oh, I just want to speak. This is my dream. I want to speak the language. I want to walk down the street and fluently you know, talk to everybody at the market or whatever, whatever your dream is. But the awkward moments and the work that is behind you know the getting to the point where you speak fluently have to be suffered 
Um, and it's it's a tough it's it's tough for everybody. Mm. Um, anyone learning a foreign language has to make mistakes, and there's a certain level of embarrassment, and maybe that's something that the introvert is a lot more resistant to, whereas me, I, perhaps because I'm an extrovert, perhaps just because I'm me, I like making a fool of myself. I don't care, um, and that's something that I find my extroverted students are more. They don't worry about that so much. They don't worry about what people will think. No, it's completely different issues. But I also find they're not that interested in um, Skype coaching with me for that long. I mean, if they have a short-term purpose, um, like they're doing some uh, interview preparation or presentation presentation preparation, we'll do short-term. Mm-hmm. But they're not they're not my most enduring clients. My most enduring clients are the introverts. They oh, can go on forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what practical tips do you do you give them? What practical exercises do you work through that somebody I can think, perhaps do at home? I think you mentioned it. I mean it's about pushing your boundaries. And also you need to be realistic. How are you doing these things in your own language? Are you able to go up to someone and strike up a conversation? If you can't do that in your own language, you have to be realistic and see that it's not really going to be easy to do that in English if you can't already do it. So set real expectations of what you can do. And... Also, I think because introverts are very hesitant speakers, they don't get enough practice actually moving their mouth in the positions and lip movements and sounds of the new language. So I really recommend talking to yourself because talking to yourself isn't, you know, it's not, it's not scary and doing mirror work as well, where you actually look at yourself while you're talking can be good. See it, see it as a kind of performance. This helps you catch up a bit on the actual moving your mouth part. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be really good for introverts. To, so that they practice the kind of talk that extroverts take advantage of when they get it. You said that you can't wait to speak. Mm-hmm. It's not the same for introverts. We we miss many opportunities to speak. So for that reason, I think doing speaking practice by yourself is very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's an excellent tip, I think, to just practice even in front of a mirror to see what shapes mm. your mouth makes that perhaps... You have a sound in the new language that you've never had or you've never had to practice it in your native language. And then the other tip that you gave, I think, is really great. Be realistic about what you can do in your native language and don't project onto the new language things that you couldn't do because your personality or your preferences are a certain way. Yeah, but you, that right? you can you can learn to push against your tendencies. Mm-hmm. But this isn't really a, a languages thing. This is more of a personal growth direction thing that you can do for yourself. 
and that it always comes from making yourself uncomfortable pushing against what you're used to I mean I will always be an introvert and that means that I get my energy by being by myself and I get drained in a lot of situations but I have actually learned how to appear extroverted so it can be done and I just use the word appear because I, I've I've learned the social tricks to appear extroverted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be done. So when learning a foreign language, do you think extroverts have an advantage or introverts have a specific advantage? Yeah, I think extroverts have a huge advantage. The, the whole reason, as I see it, the whole reason to learn another language is to speak. And it's a lot easier for extroverts to speak. So mm-hmm. I think it's a huge advantage. Do you find that introverts will come to you with higher levels of... Um, right, I'll take a step back because one of the things I very strongly believe is that fluency in a language... Is, is not just your speaking skill, but it's this balance of the four core language learning skills or core language skills, which are listening, writing, reading and speaking. And when you've got all four of those on a reasonably even keel and very strong, that's when you, you experience true confidence in a language. That's when you know you can handle pretty much any situation that comes at mm. you. So would you find that an introvert who comes to you for training has a higher level of, say, uh, has a very good writing skill, but just struggles to speak in particular, and then you target the speaking skill? Well, it it really always depends on what the person wants to focus on. Usually, if it's, if it's someone for business, um, often people are coming to me for writing, they need to make their writing better. Sorry, I kind of lost my point there. <laughs> you tell me the question again. <laughs> do you do you find that um, out of the people that come to you for speaking training, do you find that they yeah. come to you with particularly high levels in the other skills? Say you notice they're really good at writing or reading, but it's really speaking where they struggle. And is that a an introvert's problem, perhaps? Mm. Okay. Um, well, I do get different different kinds of people. It's not all, and actually, it's the 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 example that's coming into my head is an extroverted example. And I, when I see this kind of client, this is the one that always surprises me because it's so different to me. So I sometimes get people who can speak English, similar to the example I said earlier, speak English but can't understand anything. Mm-hmm. And they always surprise me, and I see that they 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 encounter a huge challenge because just imagine they they come across someone they can speak English to, so they speak, then the native speaker presumes that they understand as much as they can speak. Yes, of course, yeah. So then the native speaker speaks to them without simplifying 
their vocabulary in any way and mm-hmm. speaks fast. And then that person understands nothing. And that's because their listening ability is so much lower than their speaking ability. So I see that as a huge problem mm-hmm. for them. It's like they're appearing better than they are. They've got good speaking, but they can't receive. Whereas it often happens the other way with introverts. People might think, oh, they're not that good. Mm-hmm. But they understand a lot. Oh, yes. But, and- so, you have, so you have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of know what you mean. Absolutely. <laughs> and what what would you recommend as if if an introverted person who knows you know who knows themselves and knows that they fall into an introverted category um so for example that they get more energy by being by themselves they tend to be very conscientious and they maybe don't feel so comfortable talking all the time what what way of learning a language would you recommend what are your sort of top tips uh self-directed learning i've started to think a lot of um, a lot of things that, where you're listening to stories in English and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're just you're listening and you're um, just doing things by yourself. And it's really good if that kind of program you can answer questions while you're listening as well. So you do make it a bit active. I think it's okay that you like to learn English by yourself. If that's your, I also think people should do what they enjoy mm-hmm. when they're learning a language. Um, me, for example, if I let's say I were learning a language, I would not want to go into a language school and learn in that way because I would be really drained if I did that and I wouldn't enjoy it. So I think I think people should just do what they enjoy and. Also know that at some point, but preferably from the beginning, you do need to make what you're doing active. So try to be speaking, even if it's to yourself. Because if you're not practicing speaking, you're not, that feeling, that feeling of not being able to speak is never going to go away. Mm. Oh, that's a very important point. So speak from the start because you you can't wait until you're good enough because yeah, there's you'll never, never think ref- you're good enough. Yeah, there, there's, this is what I think in general as well. Le- learning a language is more about how you feel than what you know. Mm-hmm. And if you feel confident and you're a beginner, you can often still express yourself effectively. Oh, that's very interesting that you say learning a language is more about how you feel than what you know. Mm. I think that's a perfect way of summing this up. Absolutely. Fantastic. Right. I have I have a question for you because you've lived in so many different places. Where in the world would you think is a sort of introvert's paradise? I don't think anywhere is introvert's <laughs> paradise. <laughs> but um yeah I've definitely worked with quite a quite a lot of introverts in Japan and Korea and this is why I actually think that introversion is something that 
you're not born with. It's something that you get from your socialization, something from your family and more widely speaking, your culture as well. And you can even see it in the way Japanese people and Korean people talk because their mouths don't move very much, move very much. A bit like English people. If you think about it, we've got tiny little mouth movements compared to Americans. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are introverted Americans as well. I'm generalizing, Mm -hmm. but I... You can see it's in the reserve of that culture. So whenever you have a uh, a culture that tends towards being reserved, that's a culture where introverted tendencies are more favoured. Mm-hmm. So, that, but they're the... Uh, I haven't lived in any place which is um, more introverted, I would say. Not yet. Excellent. And where are your favourite places where you've lived? Amsterdam was my favourite place. I had a really good year there. I did an Erasmus exchange there. Oh, was, fantastic, yeah. Yeah, that was nice. A great, perfect size for meeting, meeting up with people, convenient, cycling, Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, Amsterdam there, I'll have to put it on the list. Is it your favourite yeah. European city? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's my favourite favorite city. I, I, still, I still like to visit. Mm. Your, your work is you work specifically with, or you would like to work with more introverted people because you like helping them to develop their speaking skills. And... I know that you have a YouTube channel where you also talk about more about this topic. So you talk about introverted language learners and you also teach a little bit of English. Is that right? I have two YouTube channels. I have Mm -hmm. um, my personal one, which is about uh, English accents, being an introvert. And there is something, oh, communication and speaking in general. And then my other my other YouTube channel is an Ingvid YouTube channel. That one's English lessons, just English lessons. Ah, fantastic! So, where shall people find you online? Where can people learn more about you? Jade Joddle is my website name. J A D E J O D D L E, and I have a mailing list. And if you join my mailing list, I have a coaching resource pack on there. And that really tells you about my approach, really, to uh, speaking, Mm -hmm. my approach in general. Mm. So the whole thing that I said earlier, that uh, a language is more about how you feel than what you know. This is my approach. Excellent. You can find out about it in the coaching resource pack on my website. And are you on Twitter, Facebook and pages like that? Or should I'm we just on, go to your website? I'm on, I'm on Facebook as Jade Joddle. And my if you if you search Jade Joddle in YouTube you'll you'll find some of my videos. I've got I've got probably two hundred and fifty videos, I don't know. Something oh. like that. 
Wow. First of all, say thank you very much to Jade for talking to me about introverts. And, thank um, you for inviting me. Now people should check you out on the internet. You're doing some brilliant work. And if you are, so you podcast listener, are um, feeling like you want to speak better English or you've got a presentation coming up, you might want to apply for a job and you have to present for this job in English and it's a terrifying prospect, then Jade can probably help you out um, because she knows what's holding you back. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that was the interview with Jade Joddle from jadejoddle.com and speaking skills teacher for particularly for introverted language learners. I hope you enjoyed yourselves uh, listening to this and that you learned a lot. And like I said, as promised, uh, if you have feedback and you don't have to tell me what you think particularly about this podcast, but just tell me. How do you feel? Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Do you think it makes a difference in how you're learning a language? Are you more or less comfortable in a group class? Or do you really like sitting at home studying with a book and you find it quite draining to be in an environment where lots of people are trying to learn a language? It would be really interesting to hear from you. And the feedback email address is actually my email address currently. And that is Kirstin, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk. There are various blog articles on there, how to coach yourself on your speaking skill, your listening, your writing, um, and your reading skills as well. All four of them, like I've said many times, I believe need to be in a relative balance in order to achieve fluency. Um, I'm also working on a new guide, which is going to be about making words stick in your head. So if you keep forgetting your vocabulary, Don't forget to go to the book section on my website. Just leave your email address there and I will be in touch and tell you everything that's new with that book. And finally, you can also reach me and the podcast on Twitter. And the Twitter handle is at Fluent Language. So that's really, really easy. Don't forget to check out what Jade has to offer. And who knows, maybe after this interview, you feel like you've got the confidence to get in touch with one of us or with another one of the many great one-to-one -one tutors out there and get yourself a little bit of help. Language coaching can go a long way and can really help you achieve those goals that you've got in mind. And I can't wait to hear from you guys. So see you next time at the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast in iTunes, particularly if you enjoyed it. And don't forget that you can also let me know what you're thinking. You can email Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk, or you can follow me on Twitter, and it's simply Fluent Language on there. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Hello. Hello. If you are still here, you are listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Hammers from fluentlanguage.co.uk. And you have reached our hidden bonus section where I just want to tell you who wrote and played and composed the lovely little piano tune that is our little theme tune. 
His name is Jonathan and he goes by the name of Idiot Johnson, writes absolutely beautiful little tunes and I just want to send you to idiotjohnson.bandcamp.com where you can listen to Jonathan's tunes for free and it's lovely, lovely CD is there for sale as well. So just give it a little go and if you ever come and see us in Lancaster, go and see a gig with me and I'll buy you a drink. Bye. Psh.